Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We have been up for a good bit of the last 24 hours for the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. This is John Massengill. I'm sitting here with Les Kaiser and Mr. Jonathan Green is going to join us from New Zealand in just a moment. Les, I'm sorry. I was almost late to the studio because I had a right rear tire failure. Really, really, yeah. That was a common trait today. I noticed uh, over the past, uh, you know, twenty-four hours. Anyway, over the past two days, that was, seemed very common. Oh man, what a! Uh, I love this race. Obviously, we talked about it last couple of weeks, but I love it just because it is twenty-four hours, and you can you can catch a nap, you can come back, you can listen to it on the on the app, on the television, and it's uh, and it was great racing too because. Seeing the Cadillacs win and uh, and the then the Fords win, it was it was fun. And I want to go down what we have on the show tonight because oh yeah, we have one of the overall winners. We have Mister Joao Barbosa coming on at about seven thirty. Very exciting. Uh, he was after the uh, after on the television coverage. You were talking about how he was biting his nails because that Cadillac was have a little bit of a limp the last few hours of the race as they after they built up a big lead, but. It was really exciting, but also Mr. Jonathan Green is about to join us because he is still he is still down in New Zealand and covering the Toyota Racing Series. In fact, I think we have Mr. Green, Mr. Jonathan Green. How are you, sir? Good morning, boys. How are you? <laughs> we are great, and I'm so excited because we have our producer has some new technology, and you sound awesome, Jonathan, from halfway around the world. Well, that's good. Yeah, and by the way, what's sleeping? Sleep when you're dead, man. Motor racing to watch. <laughs> I have to admit, after a, a sleeve of Thin Mints, uh, watching the race, I dozed off on the sofa a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Girl Scout cookie uh, coma. That, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can't believe that. I tell you what, boys, we've done, we've done an international first here. The only international racing going on at the moment is at Daytona and here in New Zealand, and we've got the winners of both races on the show. I like that. 100% coverage. There you go. I like that. I like the sound of that, Mr. Jonathan Green. I like you bringing that up. Well, speaking of uh, New Zealand and the Toyota Racing Series, what's going on? I know you got some interviews for us, but uh, you know, you're, you're another week, which means you're another uh, quarter of the way through the season, the series down there. What's going on? Yeah, we're actually halfway through the season. That's how, <laughs> how much we are. We're actually nine races in. 
Um, and we're three rounds in. Uh, so we've had three rounds at each uh, venue. Uh, and uh, last this weekend, we were at uh, Hampton Downs, which is just outside Auckland. Beautiful weather. It's the hottest summer on record here uh, at the moment in New Zealand. Um, so we're, we're praying for a little bit of rain, um, which I'm sure won't... Uh, won't excite you given that you've got the middle of winter at the moment. But, um, yeah, no, it's going really well. And the championship has been – it's been one of the cleanest championships we've had in years. And what I mean by that is that they're not crashing into each other uh, and they're not taking each other out. Uh, repairs have been to a minute. Finally, we saw a bit of fisty stuff in round three. But, you know, there's a few guys sort of to try and win. Um, Marcus Arm New Zealand, the local favourite, has been dominating most of the races by literally just finishing on the podium. <laughs> but now his team, Richard Vashore, has stepped up, getting two wins, and now he's some uh, a little bit of change at the top, but it's the same team we're talking about, M2 competition. All right, well, Jonathan, we lost you a little bit. Why don't we play one of these interviews why don't you set up one of the interviews for us jonathan because i know you sent us a couple of them that you got uh, earlier today or yesterday so why don't you set up one of the interviews for us about the richard vashaw interview first of all because richard at the moment because uh the starts had a few dnfs uh, but of the last two rounds, he's won several races, including two this weekend, uh, and more importantly, the big race of the weekend, which was the New Zealand Motor Cup, which goes back back to the heydays of uh, the greats of Jim Sterling. They're all on that trophy, so everybody wants to win. And he did it in style. So, uh, for sure. Well, Richard, congratulations. Um, it's a big trophy, but it's also a very meaningful one. It is. It is definitely. I mean, when I came over the finish line, I was so happy. It was so different feeling than like yesterday when I won the race. I mean, there's a lot of history on this trophy and I'm really happy to be part of it now. Tell me about the race, because there was a couple of uh, touchy moments there. Uh, obviously, you had a good start, but Marcus was there then, then at the restart again and then towards the end. Yeah, it was quite an interesting race, I would say. And the start, he was really, he was really good, but I was good enough, let's say it like that. Um, then the race was actually really good. As soon as I got the call, you control the pace. I went flat out, um, so I got a big gap there, so not really a lot to defend. Um, and then towards the end, to be honest, I made a small mistake. I went over the marbles. Uh, I run wide, and then he came really close. Um, but yeah, I, I made sure I had a really good exit of the last turn, and at the end, there wasn't. Really big pressure, but I mean, he was close. I know the family and your fans will be watching back in Holland, and I'm sure you'll be calling them tonight. But uh, that's a that's a pretty special prize for your career so far. It is, it is really. Listen, let me ask you one other thing. You've been saying all along that you know you're too far behind in the points. You're not too far behind in the points now. As we go to Taupo, how do you feel about the championship? Yeah, it's still far, um, but not too far. I would say um, anything can happen, and I was really focused on getting my qualifying right because it wasn't my strongest point. I'm really, really happy with the team how they worked to get me there. At the end, we took double pole, so that's really amazing. And at the end, it gave me two wins. So this is really how we should continue. And I mean, I think we really can. What about Taupo and Manfield? Are they circuits that you go well at and you enjoy racing? Definitely Manfield. I wouldn't say Taupo wasn't the best for me last year, but anything can change. So I'm really, I'm really focused and I'm really happy to go back there. Keep that smile on your face still, Taupo. Thank you, mate. Thank you. 
All right, so that's Richard for sure, but we have Jonathan still down there halfway around the globe in New Zealand. We, uh, we're still having a little bit of technical difficulties, but it sounds a lot cleaner than it has. But, Jonathan, uh, are you still there, buddy? Yeah, I'm right here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you loud and clear right now. Um, what, what's the next interview? Let's set that one up. Yeah, um, I mean, it's with Marcus Armstrong, who is is continuing to lead the championship as he has from the very start. Uh, and Marcus is an interesting character because he is from New Zealand. He's very much in the Scott Dixon mold, which is he's very serious. Uh, he's very businesslike. Uh, and he grew up with Tony Karts in Europe and spent most of his life. Uh, and so to sometime the last two years, that he's ever raced in New Zealand. So anyway, I spoke to Marcus after the championship at the halfway point. Another strong and consistent weekend. And, and once again, Marcus, you're leading the championship and you've got the points you need. Yeah, exactly. I think that's been the almost trending topic of these last three weeks is points, 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 points. <laughs> so today was, um, you know, more of the same. Although I would have liked to have won the race. That's how it goes going to say it looked as though from the way you were acting in the car that you really wanted that trophy but um it just wasn't to be yeah i think i did actually really want that trophy uh i got pretty close to him on the i think maybe second to last lap or the last lap and um to be honest with you i thought i had it um but that's how it goes so is the plan maybe to try to get to manfield and get to the grand prix having won the championship then you can go for glory that would be ideal. Um, unfortunately, racing is never that simple. Um, you know, there's a long way to go still. Um, but yes, that's what I would like to do so I can go full attack for the Grand Prix. Well, you're still leading for New Zealand, and that's what they want is to see a New Zealand champion. So well done. Thank you very much. All right. So, Jonathan, I want to ask you one more question. What about our boy from the United States? I know he's not a native, but he's an American down there, and we're going to take whatever we can get down in New Zealand at the Toyota Racing Series. What about our, our U.S. boy? How's he doing? Uh, you know what? I think we're gonna we're gonna have to drop it. Unfortunately, we are having trouble getting Jonathan from around the globe, man. I mean, I know it's it seems simple, but getting someone from uh, halfway around the world is a little. It's tricky. always the red wire. <laughs> no, that's that's in bomb de- defusing. Don't cut the red one. Oh. Yeah. See, I'm glad I wasn't working on that assignment. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I, we may try to get Jonathan back here in a minute, but we'll see. But, um, but yeah, Toyota Racing Series, check that thing out because, it, like Jonathan said, it's one of the only other things going on right now. But it's also one of the, the cool feeder series to virtually any formula driving around the globe. And it's got uh, a bunch of young guys and, and a bunch of great people have come through the uh, – through the Toyota Racing Series to go on to Formula One, to Indy, you name it. But, but Les, let's do a little bit of preview because we do have Joao Barbosa, the over, one of the overall winners in, ten, in the, the last uh, 24 in the hours. I know why I you know. called him specifically. <laughs> no way, man. I was like, I want one of those winners. And uh, I, I'm just excited because, well, first of all, Joao's a great guy. We've had him on the show before. Yeah, yeah he's fun. He, yeah. He's the one that... Like scared his wife to death at Daytona when he put her in the car and took her for a few laps a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, so, but the Cadillac, um, we're going to ask him about this, but I mentioned a while ago, but they limped in a little bit on the last, I don't know, it was a few hours in. 
but they and some of the other you know there was it wasn't a, it wasn't a perfect day for Cadillac by any stretch. I mean, obviously when you win, it it pretty much heals all the other wounds. But it wasn't a perfect day for Cadillac, and I probably got to see of the race. Uh, I don't know, probably six or eight hours total, and uh, and obviously the. Uh, I was rooting for the the four GTs, pretty hard not to, and the Corvettes, and battling against those guys. And what about you, Les? Any any anything that jumps out at you? Uh, you know, I was really uh, just enjoying a lot of the battles that were going on. I was so disappointed with uh, you know one of the teams crashing on the formation lap to begin with it, before the flag went green, but. Uh, it was exciting to me see seeing the thunderstorm roll in early in the race when they were not expecting it until the next day, till this morning. And so, uh, you know, if you've listened to Speed City a while, you know where I go with that. That some some groups don't race in the rain. And <laughs> the last time I had a discussion with somebody of, of certain knowledge, they said, "Well, that's because they don't. You can't race on speedway banks in the rain." Arrest my case. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take our first break because when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Rolex 24 at Daytona. This was the 56th running and was a historic on a number of different fronts. And we're going to talk about those. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas. We'll be back after these short messages. Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Mosing Motor Cars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motor Cars, 2420 West Breaker Lane. Online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more anytime at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. 
So Andy Prio driving for Ford Chip Ganassi Racing, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, so we were talking about the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, and we're going to get back to that, in, to that in just a moment. But I want to talk about a couple of uh, draw, cars that we've driven this week, Mr. Kaiser. I, uh, I, you got to drive out on the Circuit of the Americas. I got to drive in downtown Austin during 5 o'clock traffic. But oh, that must have been wicked. It was, yeah, I got to, I think I got almost halfway through the, the RPM band in first gear and then had to slow down. But I drove something really cool. I was going to say, wait yeah. You don't even know yeah. what I drove. No, this is I don't. A surprise. I'm like, seriously, dude, quit. You remember quit about teasing. two or three months ago, I asked you, have you said, have you heard of the new Kia Stinger? And you were like, I'd heard of it, but you didn't, you didn't know yeah, all yeah. The, the facts yet. It's actually a pretty cool car. I pulled into the parking garage and a buddy of mine, I didn't know it, but I saw this out of the corner of my eyes. I always had a BMW six, like a four door six. And as I looked closer, I realized, no, that's not. It was a, it was a red Kia Stinger. And if you haven't seen this car, it's pretty cool. And, you know, just to me, a little bit surprising from Did he Kia. get the GT model? Oh, yeah. He got this. Oh, this thing man. was pretty pretty decked out. And this thing has 370, I think, 370 horsepower. It's like a, a twin turbo. <laughs> That's a good little starter car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, not bad for a four-door sedan. No, that you know, is there's cool. Just not, there's, you know, especially for the price. It was under, under 50 grand. It was a 3.3-liter twin turbo six. And... um forgot how many gears it's probably i mean everything these days what six eight ten speed automatic it's an automatic it's not a, a dual clutch or anything just standard automatic and uh just like i said i was just riding around town but it's a pretty cool car and uh, the only complaint that i can think of even it, it seemed to handle pretty good okay but but the other part you missed that's really important to me is it's rear wheel oh, drive yes, thank you that is the most important thing about this car i mean the fact that you just don't get that many but it had a little turbo lag at the beginning that may just be me being spoiled with big V8s that are SRT8s that I drive every day, but uh, but it obviously it didn't take you know turbos these days spin up fast and it, I, it wasn't it was maybe eighteen hundred RPMs and it was right. it was hitting it pretty good. But, well, uh, had you been able to get it out of first gear, yeah, you would have realized that you could get to sixty miles per hour in four point seven seconds. Yeah, that is pretty fast. Actually, three hundred and sixty five horsepower. Yeah, three seventy six foot pounds. That's you know that, that's pretty darn awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Very cool car. Very impressed. Lots of tech inside it. A head, heads up uh, speedometer that you could adjust the you know, lots of things. You could adjust where on the dashboard. I mean, on the windshield it showed up. You could adjust the brightness. Uh, it was pretty cool. Okay, but you know I love BMWs, but that's faster than the 440 coupe. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Well, that's in fact the article that I read in Motor Trend. I think it was said that the Kia to to get a faster four door. You had to, they, in fact, spend the, a whole lot more. Well, yeah, you had to spend a whole lot more. I think the closest thing to it was, an, in fact, was an SRT8, like a SCAT package. In fact, not an SRT, but the SCAT package RT, uh, either a Charger yeah, or, yeah. or a Challenger. And all, both, both of those were about a tick or two faster, zero to 60. But it's a cool car. But you got to drive some really cool cars on a really cool racetrack. Oh, yeah. And the uh, the head of the Audi driving experience at Circuit of Americas will be joining us here in a little bit. But uh, I did. I got to take out uh, all the new RSs. And so that was the TT, the the 3RS, and the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the, the other one. Oh, the, just the, the little R8. I, and V10 R8. Now, that one's the plus with 610 horse. Oh, uh, it's wicked. It is positively wicked. Well, we'll hear more about that later in you the bet. show. But that experience is is really cool. So not just the cars, but uh, this is something you can get out there and do 
truly yes on the Circuit of Americas. All right. Well, we're going to we're excited to get we're going to talk to Joao Barbosa here in just a few minutes. One of the overall winners at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. Really excited to hear how he went in that Cadillac. Uh, but speaking of the Rolex, there was some pretty historic stuff that happened today because um, this because of the uh, really, I guess you can say the reliability and, and the technology, but. There was a couple of, of records that were broken. For example, the uh, the lap and mileage records actually were broken. The the lap record was gosh they they did eight hundred and eight laps, and that is so crazy. so that's a new record. And then they completed two thousand two thousand eight hundred and seventy six point four eight miles. So uh, in fact that but that lap record was broken. Let's see. At 120, so what the race ended, I think at 140. So with about 20 minutes to go, so that was pretty cool. And uh, but those are the big boy, the biggest ones that were broken. So that that's pretty cool to see the reliability. I mean, it wasn't obviously it wasn't perfect all day, and there was all those right rear punctures. That there was a lot of chatter on Twitter I saw about Continental Tire, but you know there was also some uh, speculation by the TV commentators about what was causing that. The bolts coming up, they were holding some of the. Yeah, uh, in the corners that were holding some of the uh, some of this the uh, the berms and the berms and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I would be surprised if that was what was coming up. But yeah, why it was so consistently for uh, the back right tire, and you know some of the teams actually just took their tire took their uh, vehicles out of competition over it because of the concern, uh, considering the speed that they're moving when it fails like that. So I. Yeah, you know, that's a serious concern when somebody steps out of a race like that. Yeah, and obviously that was not. Uh, I mean that that was a big deal. There was a lot of uh, a lot of folks that were not happy, and and you know obviously they're not going to be. But uh, but what about the the big field of competition this year? You know, we talked about this in the last I, couple of weeks. Yeah, I loved seeing the track so busy. Yeah, yeah. Now, from a driver's standpoint, I don't know that I'd be so enamored with it. But uh, it was great. There was a lot of things going on all the time, uh, all the way from, you know, the lower classes all the way up to the top. And so, you know, I always like seeing the mix. And as they have the faster classes passing the slower classes, I like seeing that. And, you know, again, that's something that a lot of drivers don't like. But it, visually, as an audience or spectator, I think it's a lot more exciting. Well, what about Ryan Briscoe and Joey Hand in the 67 and the 66 Ford GTs Boom. taking the GTLM class? That was awesome to see. Yeah, that's cool to see them fly through there. And Ganassi just, you know, super ecstatic. What a uh, season they've had. And here they are kicking off the new one. I, I love it. Yep. And then, and then of course, down the GTD class, Lamborghini took the took the uh, the title there. Let's see, it was Lamborghini and then the Acura NSX and another Lamborghini in the uh, the Hurricane and the GT3 Hurricane and of course. So yeah, it was it was a great day and our, our folks that we've had on recently, Lawson Oshenbeck, he ended up eleventh in the uh, GTD GTD class and um, and those. Uh, Acura NSXs, I mean, they looked pretty fast on and off. I didn't really get to watch that part of that ra- the cl- that race real closely, though. Yeah, I uh, I saw them for a while as well, not as much as I would have liked to. I think, uh, you know, the, the 24 is still their first real run with it, and they're still dialing it in. We'll see what they do with Sebring coming up. 
Well, you know, we haven't mentioned at all Fernando Alonso. You know, the, it was obviously there was a ton of coverage with him all day. And but they, you know, obviously it's not the place he wanted to end up. Well, and he said even during his interviews, one of the interviews I saw, he said he was surprised how little seat time he had available before the race. You know, he was at the Roar. He was doing all these things. But the IndyCar race last year, he had far more seat time in the weeks leading up to it than he did for this. And this is a 24-hour race. And so he said, you know, you, you've got to cope with a lot of things. You've got to cope that you've got two other drivers sharing your car. So it can't just absolutely be dialed in for you specifically. And that's not something he's really ever dealt with. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I heard Fernando say something. And when they first said it, I was like, wait, what's he talking about? He said that he'd never raced at night. But if you think about it, the F1 track, Singapore, they are lit up like daylight. Yeah. I mean, they really are. They're, it's yeah. not really racing at night. So uh, when he first said it, I was like, wait a minute, how's that? And then I realized that's what it was. Yeah. But, but yeah, well, guys, we're, let's go ahead and take a break because when we come back, we're going to have one of the winners of the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. I wonder how much champagne he's had by now. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope he's not had enough where he can't have a good conversation <laughs> with us. We're going to have Joao Barbosa with us in just a couple minutes. Stick with us. You're listening to Speed City live here in Austin. Back after quick messages. The racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe, on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, welcome back to Speed City. We're talking Rolex 24 hours at Daytona, and we... We're going to have to talk Continental after Zhao. Yeah, that's true. But we're really very excited because we have one of the winners, one of the overall winners, Joao Barbosa. Joao, welcome back to Speed City, man. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, welcome back. We weren't sure we were going to get you. We thought you might be celebrating. Uh, actually, we are. We're uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we're just having uh, after a twenty-four hour race uh, celebration. It's pretty 
uh, mellow. <laughs> Everybody just wants to go to bed and uh, have a, a good night of sleep because uh, we don't get that much uh, during the race. Well, you know, I haven't thought of that aspect, and I can certainly understand when it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of your PR guys said that uh, they said, well, he might be able to call around 730 Central Time, but he's going to be driving in the car. And I thought, wait a minute. He's already been driving for, for hours and hours. What's he doing driving again? Are you are you actually driving? Is someone driving you or you already made it to where you were going? No, I know. I know. It's, um, the, the plans have changed uh, because uh, my initial plan was to drive after the race to North Carolina, right? <laughs> And uh, after the win, the the team schedule a, a dinner uh, to get to group everybody and uh, and just enjoy the the great achievement that we all um, had this uh, Sunday. So uh, I decide to to leave the driving for tomorrow. So I'm still here in Daytona Beach. Well, that's great, and and we definitely want to give a big congratulations to you and all the team because uh, I mean, look, the, let's face it, the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona is with the 56th running this year. And it's one of those things that you have on your resume and, and on your wrist that is one of the most coveted in motorsports. Yeah. I mean, uh, any race, uh, it's not easy, but especially a 24 hour race at Daytona, it's just an, an unbelievable, uh, feeling that, Winning a 24-hour race, it's super, super hard. Obviously, it doesn't come down just to the drivers. The drivers get to get uh, probably the best part, which are the watches, the Rolex watches. But, uh, I mean, it's just uh, the hard work that all the crew, they, they they are up for 36 hours to prepare the race. And uh, they don't sleep. They're always there. Right? I mean, it's it's super, super hard. I mean, it's... Uh, it's probably one of the toughest uh, races in the world here at Daytona, for sure. Yeah, and the pace and the depth of competition now. Uh, but but I got to ask you a question. This this is I mean I know Cadillac had a great last year and anything, but I mean this is really a, a big deal. What what it seems like it to me. What what does this mean to Cadillac? Um. I mean, after the win last year, everybody's like, oh, the Cadillac, they're so dominant. There's not really a lot of competition. Uh, but this year, things have changed dramatically. Uh, there was the Acura, there was the Mazda, there was a bunch of other very successful European teams with excellent driver lineups on, on all of those. Uh, there was probably like 10, 15 cars with a real shot of winning the race. And Cadillac still came out on top. So it just goes to show that Cadillac, it's... Uh, it's here to stay. I mean, they did a tremendous job with this Cadillac, with the Cadillac PPI VR. Um, and it showed uh, people, uh, when Tim Pesky came to the championship and Tim Joe's from Europe, they're like, you guys are going to be struggling because those guys are too strong. You know, they're, they're like very well-known teams, super um, a super team. I mean, who, who doesn't know about Tim Pesky in the U.S., right? Yeah. So, we had one of the toughest competitions that uh, I can remember here at the Rolex 24, and Cadillac still came out on top. And especially for our guys in the Action Express racing to finish first and second in this race was just a truly uh, amazing statement of uh, the quality of what, what these guys can do. And it's going to be like that to, towards the end of the season as well. I mean, uh, we still have nine races to go, but uh, it's... Uh, 
they can count on the Action Express and the Mustang sampling uh, Cadillac DPI to, to be up there uh, very, very consistently. Yeah, I mean, obviously you guys have got a tremendous team. And like we, we had Christian Fittipaldi on, and, and I, I know I saw him after the race talking about his transition, how he's moving out of the, the driver's seat into a, a little a little different role and but obviously, Action Express is one of those teams that's that's put together a tremendous yourself and and the rest of the team. It's they're going to be competitive, and I do want to jump back to Cadillac. One last question, though. I mean, to me, the the success they're having. What do you think? Do you think they might take on Lamar Spa, that World Endurance? Uh, I think it would be very difficult. Uh, the way the rules are in Europe doesn't really allow uh, cars like the, the Cadillac TPI VR to race there, which I think is a shame and very unfortunately because these are excellent cars that people in Europe would love to see these cars running in the in the Le Mans 24-hour race. Um, and a lot of people talk about it. Why don't you allow these uh, Cadillacs and to, to run in Europe? Uh, but, uh, you know, the rules are a little bit different. Uh, Sure. The, the French uh, organizer are a little more close, and they they like to protect their space. So it, it's really a shame. But I don't think Cadillac, especially with this car uh, at this point, they don't really have a championship that ca- they can race on. I think that's it's a shame, absolutely a shame. I want to see everybody on the world stage, you know, as much as possible. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not an equal footing if we can't go head to head. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, so what are the some of the things that you particularly see different with this car in the way it's being developed? I know you've still got some things to shake out. I mean, you still got Sebring that's going to rattle your teeth. Or, are y'all going to Sebring? <laughs> yes. I mean, Sebring is uh, – last year we finished second at Sebring and Daytona. So uh, hopefully since we finished first at Daytona, now we can finish first at Sebring, right? <laughs> it's I mean, Sebring is one of the gruelest races um, and racetracks in the world for uh, it's super super hard but our cadillac they run the whole season without any mechanical problems we didn't miss a beat we just covered the longest distance uh ever at daytona in the 24-hour race so it's kind of a record uh right now as well yeah so it's um it just proves to not only the quality of the work the guys put every day at the race shop to prepare the Cadillac, but how strong the Cadillac really is. And um, I think we can continue to see the reliability of the Cadillac um, Daytona. Now it's going to be Sebring and throughout the year as well. Well, speaking of the reliability, I know there was definitely some some concerns there the last few hours of the race. How was that? Uh, you guys worrying about that, especially when you're you're you have it just sitting in the fits, not behind the wheel. You know, which behind the wheel, you got plenty to think about and plenty to do. But how was that for the for you and the rest of the team? It was super hard. It, <laughs> it started uh, when I was in the car. Uh, we were having some overheating issues and. I start my my stint pretty well, and then they told me we're gonna need to change our method here and our attitude to the race because otherwise we're not gonna finish. So they come up with a plan. Um, we needed to cool down the engine as as most as we could inside the car, and which is not easy. And they say, okay, so the next step is you guys cannot go full throttle, not even on the straights anywhere. So. Luckily, by that time, we had a three-lap 
uh, lead compared to the second place finish. And it was just a strategy from the team to see how slow can we go and still finish yeah. first, right? So yeah. that's what we did. I mean, the last uh, four hours, we were like between 60 to 70% throttle on the straight. We were like, people were driving by. And, and when you drive slow, these kind of cars, it's even almost more difficult because... Uh, the Continental tires, they don't work as well when they're not as hot. The, yeah. the, brake, uh, the brakes, they don't work as well because the carbon brakes, they work really high temperature. So there's a lot of other things that start to come into the mix that uh, you're not really used to because you're always pushing them very hard. So Yeah, you got to get them up in the uh, operating Let me tank. tell you, just the last 20 minutes, the last five minutes, even the last lap, we were like <laughs> praying that everything was going to be okay and... And it did. So it was very, very cool. And what about that? Speaking of the last lap, you guys, the the real, the last lap, the one right before that, everybody thought, well, they're going to be done and they're not going to have to go another lap. But I think you were about 10 seconds over and had to go one more lap. That one had to be scary because everyone was thinking, oh, no, if if something happens now, <laughs> that is just a nightmare. Or, you know, you never live that one down. Yeah, I know. I know. It was kind of a risk that we uh, we, we kind of took uh, on conscience because the, the margin that we had for the other guys was not that big at this point because we were managing our pace to the checkered flag. And if we would lose those 20 seconds and if something would come up, then we would be in really big trouble. Yeah. Uh, so we decided not to waste 20 seconds like that and just risk it a little bit more um, to do an extra lap, an extra minute 40 seconds but i mean at the end it paid off i think was the right call um so it's uh definitely uh there was uh talks about that on the strategy stand with engineers and all the team were discussing all the possibilities and they, they took the right approach we end up uh, bringing home the rolex watches and the trophy you know, that's, work. that's such a big deal to me. You know, I think uh, having a Rolex Daytona, it's, it is absolutely my favorite watch on the planet. But having one that you got for winning the race, that has just yeah, got to be... The race the watch was named after. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just got to be an incredibly special. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. This was only, uh, th- this was always my favorite watch ever. And to win a Rolex Daytona, to win a, a Rolex Daytona, when you drive a Daytona, it's... Um, I can tell it's very, very special, and I'm very fortunate to uh, to have won the race. Well, there's there's a sense of responsibility that comes with this, Zhao. I want you to know you can no longer be late. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, people ask me because I've been even more fortunate. Uh, I I won this race overall three times, and I won in class one, so that makes quite a few watches already. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, people are always ask me, do you wear the watches? Do you uh, use them? Do you like, or do you have it in the safe? I was like, I wear the watch, of course. You know, it's uh, yeah, just a yeah. constant remind me, just a constant reminder of how hard uh, of a work I had to get the watch and constant reminder that if I want another one, I have to keep working, right? So <laughs> it's uh, if you store it in the box and you never see it again, then uh, it's... Uh, uh, it's it's a lot of hard work to to get the watch, and uh, I, I wear mine uh, very frequently. And I have to say, I'm very proud of, of my achievement to to get the watch. And it's it just 
reminds me that I need to keep working very hard to if I want to try and get another one. So it's uh, it's very cool. Well, I know that uh, it's one of those special things. What about uh, what about Lamar? I know you you know now that you got another Daytona under your belt. What about Lamar? I know you've I know you've raced it, but I don't uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think you've had a, a win there. No, Lamar. I've done Lamar. I think nine times. Uh, I got on the podium once, but I never got the win. And it's, I mean, obviously, uh, who, who doesn't want to, <laughs> to be a Lamar? It's a beautiful racetrack for, for the drivers. It's it, it's awesome. And winning a Lamar is also, I, I mean, I imagine it has to be super special as well. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, it's like I said, I mean, the winning a 24-hour race is never easy and it's very unpredictable. I tried it a few times. It didn't work out. Um, I tried a little bit, a fewer times at Daytona, and I was more successful there. So it, it's one of those things. You never know what you're going to get when you're into a 24-hour race. You, you know your chances, but uh, the tables turn around so fast that, uh, that it's always unpredictable. Well, Joao Barbosa, I really appreciate you coming on Speed City. I'm going to let you go and go celebrate with the rest of your team. And I know you're going to have a, a nice, safe drive up uh, up tomorrow. What, I have to ask you, what are you going to be driving up tomorrow? Uh, I'll be driving my uh, Cadillac Escalade, obviously. Uh, there, there you go. You go. <laughs> there you go. Man. Company man. <laughs> That's a yeah, good highway exactly. ride for sure. <laughs> well, congratulations again, Joao Barbosa. We really appreciate you coming on Speed City. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Congratulations today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much for having me on the show, guys. You bet. Thanks Travel a lot, safe, buddy. Thank you. And what a heck of a nice guy, too. Yeah, he, he's always one of those that uh, you, could, you could just see hanging out with him. Yep, yep, absolutely. I'd like to grab a beer with with old Joao Barbosa. You'd probably get some good, good uh, bench racing stories. But, all right, guys, well, we are going to go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, we got another guest on the show because we got the head of the Audi driving experience out here at Circuit of the Americas right down the road a piece from us. So tune back in. We'll be back after these short messages. Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MB Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MB Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Bozing Motor Cars is Central Texas' source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Bozing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491 or browse the garage online at MosingMotorCars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Talk 
Rocker Sammy Hagar. You are listening to Speed City. Woo! Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosey Motor Cars. Sammy Hagar bringing us back. Sammy Hagar, I we this weekend. I had dinner with an extended family, and it's a story. You know those dinner stories they got around to. Have you ever run into a celebrity or whatever? And, and, and obviously tons of race drivers. But I said, I got to spend an entire afternoon with Sammy Hagar out at Circuit of the Americas. And oh, yeah. he was a heck of a nice guy. He, man. Was. he was. Over the top. I mean, just really helpful. 70 years old this past year. I know. Right after crazy. that was his birthday. Well, we're going to bring on the Audi driving experience, gentlemen, here in just a second. But I got to ask you something. Yeah, uh, yeah, on yeah. Thursday, you went to Ducati here in Ducati, Austin, and got to oh. see the new Panigale. Panigale V4. Yeah, sorry. The, oh, yeah. yeah, not, yeah. not just the new one, but uh, so there's only like four of these in the country oh, right yeah, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're amazing. Oh, this thing sounds great. And, you know, a lot of folks question, okay, they're, they're moving away from the twin to the V4. Does it still sound right? Does it pull right? Does it? So I'm assuming you got to drive it. I mean, one of only four in the country, I know, but I know Les Kaiser. Um, There's nothing going to stop you, whether it's legal or otherwise. There were several people standing between me and the keys to the bike. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, the, the key fob was under tight security. But though. you we got to hear, get to hear it and get yeah. on it and start it and stuff. Yeah, so we'll we'll get around to that. May have to use uh, Jonathan to get that one out. Yeah, there you go. But I did get out this week, special invitation by the head of the... Audi driving experience based here at the Circuit of the Americas. Awesome. Had such a blast. Eli Mendoza, good evening, sir. Good evening, Les. Uh, good evening, everybody. How are you all doing? Man, we're great. doing How great. Doing? So, so, you know, I, I've still just been bouncing off the walls, you know, expressing my love of Audi and uh, all the things we did the other day. And uh, for folks that don't know what a driving experience is, it's... It's fun, number one, but it's also educational. Can you uh, elaborate on that, Ellie? Well, I'm more than glad to. Uh, our experience is defined, as you're saying, that as a driving experience, not necessarily a racing or a driving school. So our focus really is, you know, for everybody who participates to have a great time as we are doing what we do. Uh, and in the course of that, we do impart all of the basics of car control in an environment that, as uh, as you can attest, is all about everybody, you know, kind of learning as you're playing, if you will. So we get we have an opportunity to not only give you some theory that can be very barren in, if you just look at it uh, on a, on a classroom level, but we take it out to the to our dynamic uh, exercise loss. We take it out to the track, and then of course, before you know it, your smile is there for a few weeks. So I think uh, <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Well, you gotta, I, I got to ask this question because when I've told people about this, the very first question everybody asks is, how fast do I get to go back on, on the back straight? Because I've done a driving experience like this before, and I, I was uh, flat out, of course, coming out of turn 11 as fast as I could, flat out down the straight, and foot in the gas. And I just look over at the instructor and say, so you're the instructor. You tell me when I let off because I'm not letting <laughs> off. And I see all that gravel, hundreds of feet of gravel. I figure there's plenty of room for errors. So let's answer the question. How fast do you guys, do, do people get to drive out there? Uh, let's put it, let's put it in, in perspective. You will <laughs> go as fast as you can go. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it all depends on uh, the length of our straightaway, which we have a really long straightaway in the back. But then, of course, how, how much power and the gearing of the cars. Uh, it really all comes down to how far you want to push it. And our instructors are always, of course, looking out for safety first. 
which of course kind of kills the idea of oh, we're going to go really fast. But speed is relative. The moment you learn uh, to extend your limits to drive faster, you have a lot more fun with it. And at one point, the top speed really doesn't become much of a talking point more than, you, you know, you are an awesome driver who can control the car much better than anybody else. And yes, of course, you get to go really, really fast. Well, you know. So I'm going to ask you, Les Kaiser, how fast do you go? <laughs> uh, I'm going to plead the fifth and stand behind Ellie there. But uh, <laughs> let me say, those. faster than I've been on Highway 130. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say this. Ellie's got a great group of instructors and coaches there. And uh, all different calories. I mean, there were indie drivers. There were, you know, folks that I recognized from SCCA. There were folks I recognized from the high-performance track day experiences that come through, things like that. I mean, so he's got a solid staff there. Yeah. Well, Ellie, I want to ask you, speaking of that, I, I, the the actual uh, instruction that you get, I mean, are we are, are, are people actually going to get a pretty good level of instruction, a little uh, about how to, you know, braking and, and cornering and some actual driving knowledge that they'll be able to take away and be, be a better driver? Oh, absolutely. Everything we teach really follows, you know, there, there is no magic uh, thread out there to, to create. Uh, the basics of car control have been in practice and taught, uh, you know, with the best schools out there. And we are very proud uh, to carry the, the family legacy, you know, that uh, Audi has been in motorsports uh, forever. But uh, also, uh, we have created courses that, that start with the basics. We have our dynamic course, which is a half day for beginners, people who have never thought about going to the track. Uh, people who really, you know, maybe see this as something foreign, really, really far out from their realm. But once you get into that, you start to learn. It's kind of like learning tennis, like learning to ski. You get the basics. You start to go, you know, learn where to break, how to break, which is very, very important. Then you learn about the line. You learn about taking the turns in the best, not only the fastest, but the safest way. I'm sorry that I keep bringing safety into this, but the better driver you are, the better that you that you execute the technique to go fast also makes you a safer driver. So we designed the courses to take you from uh, the very basic, uh, we call it the dynamic course, then go up to what we call the track initiation because on our second course, which is also half day, we take you into the track and start getting into what we call the racing line. Learn the racing line, start to learn how to learn the track. Then we go uh, a step further with our, with our advanced uh, full day, that is the RA track initiation. And uh, by this time you have already driven out these top cars. You've driven the TTRS RS3 and we get you into the R8. And then we start to teach you how to handle all of the power of this supercar, start to learn how the pros learn the track and start piecing it all together. You know, and I like to uh, say that it's kind of like learning to play a song. You learn the first five notes, then you learn the second set of five notes. And then at the last part of the day, you put it all together and it just becomes an incredible symphony. So uh, that's how we have assembled our courses. And then for those who want to go full on uh, hardcore uh, motorsports, we have a two day advanced course that really gets into going fast, faster. And also we start to teach more in advanced car control, drifting. We like to uh, bring in also the Scandinavian flick for those of you who uh, have ever seen rally driving. That's what those guys do. So we do that in the R8. Oh, cool. So, uh, all in all, it's good car control. I've, I've done, uh, I did the Skip Barber Open Wheel Racing School, and we did about, I'm trying to remember, I think it was probably, this is a, a couple of decades ago, but I think we probably did 10 to 20% of our time in the classroom. And I thought, 
And when I first read that, I was like, oh, man, I want I want 90 percent or 95 percent in the car. But that classroom part was really, really important. There's no doubt. And so how much uh, in this in the standard course, which I saw on CODA's website, it's like five hundred ninety five dollars. How much of that is in the classroom and how much is in the vehicle? Well, all in all, we spend uh, the the first uh, part of the of the day or the morning uh, with uh, a twenty minute briefing that goes through the basics and some of the protocols uh, about the driving. But uh, then we go out uh, to the dynamic loss for our instructors, and as Liz was saying, we have an incredible crew. Uh, we have a you know painstakingly found a really great uh, not only uh, great racers in their own right, but also people who love to communicate this. So in the course of, of the morning or the afternoon that you take the course, you always have your teachers with you. We have a, a great Audi garage where we also have uh, all of the presentation uh, materials there. So we are pretty much, we always have our classroom with us wherever we go. So uh, that kind of becomes, as I was saying, a learning as you play, as you go through the day. Um, all in all, we have uh, you're probably more than uh, doing more than two and a half hours of uh, actual car time. Cool. Uh, Close every break. Well, and it's not without its element of some racing, let's say. It's more like an autocross, you know, the parking lot cone racing, you know. And so you get the opportunity to go through that, see your skills, and uh, compete a bit against your classmates. And and that was a lot of fun. Well, I was bummed that I couldn't get to do this. And since neither one of you guys are going to tell us how fast you can actually go, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get go back out and, and do this. And I'm going to set my phone up and I'm going to do Facebook Live. And you guys can watch how fast I can go down, down the back straight at Coda. I, I, you know, like I said, uh, you get plenty fast, believe me, folks. Uh, and it also is that, it, uh, you know, it, now, John is questioning if I actually won the autocross, Ellie. Yeah, yeah. He's telling me he won. I'm not like, no, I want to, where's the paper? Where's the certificate? Did he actually, was he the fastest one out there that day? Well, you just said it. You have to go there physically and I will show it to you because <laughs> I am not going to break any magic here. <laughs> All right. Well, you got it. Well, Ailey, thank you for coming on <laughs> Speed City. We appreciate it. And uh, this is a really cool experience. You can do it uh, at Circuit Absolutely. of the Americas. Check out all the packages. You don't need to be any special driver education. If you drive already on the public roads, you're qualified. Circuitofamericas.com slash drive. Check that, it out. You're going to love one. this. Thanks a lot, Ailey. Appreciate you coming on the show. It was a pleasure, John Les. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Have a great night. You too, thanks. Talk to you soon. You want to do it. Uh, of course, you I want to do, do it. it. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'm just saying, everybody wants to do this. It's. It's a uh, great series of events. Starts off, you know, five ninety five for the first one. You're out in Audi's, you know, best vehicles of each of their bodies, and uh, you know, I was out in the uh, RS3, the TTRS, and the R8 V10 Plus, and put every one of them through their paces, and and they want you to. They yeah. want you to understand what is so great about the Audi line. Well, you know what? We haven't even talked about this is there's some some bike testing going on right now. I mean, I know you got to go check out the new Panigale at Ducati, Ducati Austin, but there was some preseason testing going on at Sepang. And the Ducati, speaking of Ducati, they actually had a pretty good day. So, I mean, we're going to get more, a lot more into the two-wheeled side of things before you know it. And, in fact, obviously, our man Jonathan Green is down there in New Zealand right now. He's probably still listening. I, <laughs> You know what? Let's try one last try with the technology and see if Mr. Green is still there. Jonathan, are you still around, buddy? Yeah, I'm right here. Can you hear me? It's, oh, uh, yeah. it's weird. We get the first 30 seconds and then you start breaking it up. So you got 30 seconds to tell us something cool. I think he just gets excited. You know, <laughs> a lot of girlfriends tell me the same thing. 
<laughs> I, I knew that that setup would be a home run. I knew that you would take that and run with it. Uh, did you get to see okay. the, uh, the testing, the two wheels, <laughs> Jonathan? Yeah. No, Ducati, I mean, Davicioso uh, was top on the times. Um, it was good to see. Um, Lorenzo was up there as well. But, yeah, I mean, Ducati, as we had Vito on the other week, uh, Ducati have got a good shot at taking the title this year. But it's, it's always, as always, going to be tough. But it's a brand new year, and they're coming here in April, so we'll get to see them. All right. Well, Jonathan, thanks for coming on, buddy. I know that you the technology was great, but we didn't quite have a good enough connection for the around the world connection there from the Toyota Racing Series. But I know you'll be back in Austin in a couple. Seem it'll be pretty quick. What is it? A couple of weeks? Three weeks? Yeah, I'll be back in a few weeks. Uh, just ask Jao to check his tires and his fluids before he takes off tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, check that right rear tire pressure, of course. All right, thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, what else, Les? we just got about 30 seconds left hey, here. Uh, we can't miss out without uh, talking about our partner a little bit. Sponsored by Mosing Motor Cars, Jeff Mosing and Eric Foss took out in their new AMG. We started out way in the back. Uh, they're still shaking down the bugs of the car, but they progressed from back in the 20s all the way up to eighth spot in the Continental Race on Friday. Oh, nice. Yeah, in the Continental Tires. And uh, and so it looks like we got 30 seconds left, so we're going to let her wrap up. I wish Alonzo had done better. That would have been a great story. I know the with him and Lando Norris and, and the boys were hoping to do better, but it was a great 24 hours of Daytona. Thanks for tuning in tonight, and we will talk to you next week. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and, of course, Facebook, Twitter, and all the rest, YouTube. We'll talk to you next week. Travel safe, y'all. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.